Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church, where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. It's that type of day in here, y'all. Come on, somebody. Y'all excited to be in church? I am, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm hyped. I got, a, I got a friend. His name is Avery. Every other thing he says, he says, I'm hype. <laughs> I'm hype. I know that's not relevant uh, uh, terminology to use, especially with the teenagers. They don't really say hype no more, but I'm hype. Okay? And I hope you hype too. It's going to be a good time. It's already a good time in this house today. Amen? How many people glad they came to church? Just shout, yeah. Amen. I'm so glad you came. Um, if you've been here for the last several weeks, Bishop has, our senior pastor, has, um, they've been, he's been unpacking the word of the Lord for this year. And I, that's been important to me because, and it's been important to all of us, because the word of the Lord is the only thing that God is obligated to perform. Everybody got tired. I said the word of God is the only thing that he's obligated by his word to actually do something about. A lot of us have hopes coming into the New Year's. We have New Year's resolutions. We make things without praying. We just start talking. Oh, I'm about to do this. I'm about to, you know, I'm about to get my hair dyed a different color. I'm about to go to the gym. Anybody said that moving into this year? Yeah, I was one of those. Me and my brother over here, we're, we're the only honest people in this room. But we don't pray first. We start to do things first, and then we ask God to bless what we're doing later. But one of the things I learned in the word of the Lord is that when you grab a hold of what God has said, when he, when he watches over his word to perform it, whatever God says has a level of performance with it, which means it's activated. It's going to do something. I can't stand being in dry atmospheres where people just say the Lord said and the Bible said and God said and the Lord said. That does not get me stirred up in my faith. But when God starts to speak, when he starts to speak to your heart and he says, well, out of, if you strike the rock again, there's going to be water coming out of that thing. When God, when you strike the rock and water comes out of it, that gets me moving because you and I were built for performance. I didn't say we were built to be actors and actresses, and there's a difference. But if you have the spirit of the living God on the inside of you, you're built, that spirit was given to dry, dead, empty, clay, dirt, right? That spirit was given for performance. So I'm praising God that we've been able over the last couple weeks to be able to hear uh, just a recap of this word. Because here's, here we are, guys. We're in October now. My son and I, were had to, we spent some time together, my son Ezra, we were riding around yesterday doing man type stuff, you know what I'm saying, like going to Starbucks. <laughs> he had the caramel ribbon crunch. I had the vanilla chai, you know, masculine stuff. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. But we were together yesterday and he says, Daddy, I can't believe this, this year went by so fast. Now generally people of a certain age say that. But he's a, a, a pygmy. He's a little myult. And he's recognizing that time is moving fast. What does that tell you and I who have an ear to hear? That we don't have time to play church anymore. We, we don't have time to come to church and be entertained by church and have a little sit-down, stand-up prayer. No, we have, to, we have time on God's calendar for our life to literally punch in and do work and see the performance of what God created us to do, the reason why you and I still exist, the reason why 2020 didn't take us out of here. It's time to do the work and work the work that's been given, us, given to us by God. Amen? And so with that being said, I want to hit us with some stuff today. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of these butt-clenching messages, if I can say that out loud. 
meaning you're going to get tight a little bit because we're going to hit some spots. And the reason why I can say that so confidently, because preparing this, it hit me a couple times. I'm sitting in there rearranging my life because of what God was writing in my heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if the word is not alive to you and when you read it, you get nothing from it, then you need to pray. Don't open the Bible again. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you on the spot and then read it again and see don't it come alive in your life. Are you hearing me? But I want to set this up by saying this. Um, when when we, me and Ezra, Ezra and I, Ezra and I were out yesterday and we went to the mall because that's what, you know, that's what we do in my house. We go to the mall. He and I have a, a couple of things that we have very, very much so in common, which, number one, we have shoe game in common. My shoe game and Ezra's shoe game is on point at all times. I wasn't worried about how I looked from here up today. I was worried about how I looked down there because my shoes have to be everything. Anybody that believe me, say yes. And so Ezra and I, I didn't call my wife to say, hey, babe, would you like to go shoe shopping with me? Because that's my game for her life. So I called the right person that knows exactly what's going to make dad, make sure dad is on point today. So I called Ezra, and we went to the shoe store, and we got some shoes. And it was cool, and these shoes are awesome, yay, 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 whatever. But then we started walking out of the, show and I'm, out of the store, and I'm thinking, man, I just upgraded my shoe game. And we walked by this place, and it had a big old fruit that was found in the Garden of Eden on it called Apple. And so I'm walking by the store, and my son Ezra, who's very, very technically uh, advanced, he says, Daddy, can we go check out the new 14s, iPhone 14s? For all you Android people, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry y'all not living an upgraded life. I don't mean to bring division amongst the camp. I'm just saying you got to get in the spirit. Amen? It was in the Bible. It should be in your house. I'm just saying. I even though it wasn't a good representation in the Bible, let me clarify, the bite is still out of the apple. It's not significant anyways. Back on topic. Um, so we, he, we walk him by the store. We see it to the left. We see this fruit. Ezra says, Daddy, let's go see if the 14s are out. So I go over. He immediately finds the 14s. I'm wandering around. And then I started to remember, man, I need a new laptop. I need a new uh, stand for my iPad. I, I need a new watch, an Apple watch, because sometimes I just want to clock my miles as I'm getting fit. I sense haters all in this room. <laughs> so I'm walking around everywhere, and all of a sudden, I just started to see this word. I'm looking down at the little display. Here, stay with me. Here's where we're going today. And everything said a price next to it, but then it said an upgrade price. And so I'm thinking, I don't want to pay the full price, but I, I, think I, could, I think I could slide by with the upgrade price. The upgrade price came with installments. Woo! Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So I'm getting super excited, Morris. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm counting my money in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm getting this coming in. Okay, that's happening. I got PA, so I got to set that aside. But this, what God has given me is for me and my house we shall serve the Lord with. I can eat of this fruit. I'm, I'm, I've been working hard in this season. I'm negotiating because I see this price called upgrade, and there's an installment plan goes to it. And so I did what any good Christian pastor would do this preaching the next day. I walked away. Because I'm thinking to myself, it ain't in the budget. <laughs> Wife got me on the budget, y'all. It ain't in the budget. We didn't talk about it. Dare I not call her at the 11th hour and be like, babe, guess what I just did? She's going to be like, how much did it cost? You seen that on IG? How much did it cost? 
So I walked away. And so I'm walking down a little bit farther in this beautiful place called the mall, right? And I get over, and I got a friend that works in a hat place. And I'm walking by, and his name is Earl. He's like the OG. He's like, what up, OG? I'm like, what up, OG? So we go by, and I'm thinking, I don't have a hat. I just bought 12 hats on Thursday. I don't have a hat, but I'm looking around, and I'm in the store long enough. And you know what Bishop says? A man who hangs out in a barbershop, if you don't want a haircut or not, if you hang out in a place long enough, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get a haircut. So what did I come put in my bag? A hat. You know why? Because I got one hat of the same team, but then this is the upgraded version. This version costs a little bit more, so I'm thinking to myself, I'm just going to upgrade me, okay? And so I grabbed another version, and I'm walking out of this mall, and I'm on my way to the car, and I'm thinking to myself, I just upgraded several things in my life, and one, I was wise enough to stay away from it because I want to sleep peacefully tonight because I got to preach tomorrow. But I was all about this upgraded plan, and I begin to think about today. I begin to think about where we are in this month called October. I begin to think about where we are in this world called the, the cosmos that we live in. There's so many of us that are intentional about upgrading certain things in our life. As I mentioned to Jim, you want to upgrade your waistline by downgrading it, right? Some of us want to upgrade our cars. I met with my friend yesterday. She's got a brand new car. I'm like, yo, this is nice. But people notice your upgrades, right? Hello? And I thought to myself, we are busy upgrading external things like no tomorrow, but let's upgrade something that gives God glory. Let's upgrade our worship. Let's upgrade our praise. Let's upgrade in our giving. Let's upgrade in our serving. And today I want to hit us right between the eyes. I want to talk about honor upgrades. Are you here? I want to talk about honor upgrades because here's one thing that I know. As they sing about so anointedly in worship, what we kept saying, you see, you hear the word glory over and over. The Lord spoke to me, what glory is to heaven, honor is to earth. So when we're in God's presence and we're giving him glory, we are giving, we are releasing honor in an atmosphere. And when you release honor in an atmosphere, anything can happen. I said anything can happen. And I'm just going to say this, if you're in the vicinity of my voice, if you're at home or in this room or in the lobby or downstairs with the kids, this is called an atmosphere where anything can happen. Because if you are in general vicinity, if something happens in this room, it affects everybody in this room. So if we get somebody who desires to be in this room, in this room, it affects everybody in this room. That's why you can't come into a church and hide in the corner and think that God can't get to you. Woo! I told you it was going to get tight, right? And I love it when people come into the presence of God. You can always tell where somebody is based upon where they're sitting. I sometimes walk through this room just in whatever passing, and I know exactly where some of you guys are going to sit because you sit there every single time. And your excuse is, or your reason is, not excuse, excuse me, your reason is, oh, I'm just comfortable here. Can I tell you when God begins to upgrade your level of honor, you're going to get uncomfortable? When you get into a place where you're like, God, I, I need you to upgrade me in this atmosphere of honor, right? I need you to do something. He's going to call you to do something that you simply just do not want to do. I know I look amazing holding this mic with this brand new jacket and these brand new shoes up here. But let me tell you something. This is not comfortable for me. I know I've been doing it for a long time. Well, you've been preaching for a long time. But I was talking to somebody earlier. They were like, are you? I know I get nervous when I got to talk. I'm like, me too, every time. They're like, seriously? I'm like, yes, absolutely. You know why? Because if God doesn't speak through me, then I've been up here just rambling and saying stuff for two and a half hours, and you simply leave entertained but unchanged. I need God to do something when I touch this microphone. I need to get into a place of honor but backstage before you ever see me, before I come out here and try to honor God before you. Because if it's not real back there, it certainly ain't going to be real up here. Are you hearing me today? 
And so when God brings us to a place, anything can happen in an atmosphere. And let's talk about atmospheres. If you have your Bible, we're going to read out of the book of Matthew today. And I'm going to quote some scripture because they're very long. But I want to start us off with a foundational scripture in Matthew 13. Are you getting something already? Say yes. In Matthew 13, we find the story of Jesus. Now, Jesus, let me set this up. Jesus has been preaching hard. He has been traveling all over the place. He's been, he's been working, y'all, okay? And there's a reputation that always precedes Jesus. When Jesus did a miraculous, a miracle in Pompano, people in Coral Springs know about it. So when he's, he's doing all these miracles, the word travels fast. How many people know the word travel fast? How many people know that gossip travels fast? How many people know that lies travel fast? Amen. So we got the honest group in here. So Jesus has been preaching all over the place, doing awesome things like, like the Son of God does. He's healing blind eyes. He's opening deaf ears. He's restoring people's, people back to communities. I mean, he's doing miraculous stuff. So Jesus now is coming back to where the Bible calls hometown. He's pulling up in his driveway. I know you don't believe this because it never really specifies throughout Scripture, but Jesus actually had a house. Okay, just dealing with all the religious theologians. Jesus never had a house. He gave everything. He did, but he actually had a house because the Bible says in Mark chapter 2, they pulled up to the house where Jesus was staying, where he was. And, he, and he, they, ripped, they ripped a hole in the roof, and Jesus didn't do anything about it because you cannot do something about something. Uh, if you don't do something about something, that means you own it. Hello. So Jesus is pulling up in Matthew 13, and it says this, And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogues. He's at his hometown teaching in their churches. So that they were, so they were astonished at, at what he said. Where did this man get all this wisdom and these mighty works? Okay, the word has traveled fast. They didn't see it, but they heard about it. Where did he get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is, this not, isn't, is his mother not named Mary, right? And his brother named James, Joseph, and Simon and Judas, right? And his sisters, are, are they not here with us right here, chilling in this room? All right, where then did this man get all of these things? Verse 57 is what I want, I want you to hear today. So they were offended, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of what? Their unbelief. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. Atmospheres dictate honor. Atmospheres dictate honor. Which means you can be in a place and give God glory that seems unlikely. Because you're there, it can be an atmosphere of honor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I started to look at this passage, and it kind of became offensive to me because I myself am an ex-athlete, okay? I grew up playing sports, played basketball, played football, played some of everything. And one thing that if you do athletics, anybody play athletics in this room or played athletics, okay? Okay, a couple, a couple, all right. We're going to start a softball team tomorrow, <laughs> get y'all going, get moving, moving, right? Um, but when you, when you play sports, the thing that you always lobby for is something called home field or home court advantage, right? Everybody wants to play at home because when you play at home, you know you typically do some of your best work. You know what? You got, you got your girlfriend over there, you know what I mean? She's on the cheerleading team, y'all at home, so she extra happy because she got people coming to see her, right? When you, when you play at home, you know, you, you're showing out a little bit. I remember when I was a little kid, my boy Dave's here, he can attest to this. We used to play Little League football for this team called the Deerfield Raiders, okay? And they were, their colors were yellow and gold. Now, at away games, 
We used to wear just some regular Nikes or ponies. Back, remember ponies? Y'all don't remember ponies? Okay, I'm old. All right. Um, we used to wear ponies, right? And we'll have on some cleats, you know what I mean, some classic white socks. And then, you know, your football pads, whatever, your helmet, and you're going because you're away. You know, why you're going, you, know, you know why you're not dressing up for away? Because ain't nobody from home coming to see you way over there. So you got your coach, your mama may come, your father may come, but that's about it. But at home games, at home games, here's, here, let me tell you how old I am, right? Check this out. At home games, we had about four or five pair of uh, colored socks on. We had green cleats, yellow sock, green sock, yellow sock, white sock, yellow sock, wristband, Nike wristband, and another sock, and that's just our legs. We went up to here, right, Gary? We went up right here. We got on gloves that are unstrapped, by the way, which doesn't make them very beneficial, but we wore them because we saw some dude on TV wearing them. So we got on gloves, right? We got on a forearm wristband. Does your, does your forearm really? sweat. I don't know, but we had a wristband for that. Why is your wristband on your forearm? Is y'all following me? We had wristbands on. I had 27 pounds of extra equipment at home because, Jaden, I wanted to look good because this is home field advantage. Everybody from my school is going to be here. The girl I'm with is going to be here. The girl I want to be with is going to be here. This is my confession. <laughs> this is home. This is home. This is my house. And guess what happened at your own house? No disrespect was going to be tolerated at your own house. I don't care if you were a scrub of all scrubs. At your house, you're going to look like you are the reason why the team is actually a team. Hello? So as an athlete, getting back to scripture, as an athlete, home field is where you show out and you do your big stuff. So Jesus, imagine that. He's going on this, this miracle tour, let's call it that. He's healing over here in Capernaum. He's healing over here in this other place, right? But he gets back to his place where he's like, listen, I'm about to do my best work. I'm about to show out. Like, they're going to know me up in here. They know me, know me, but they're about to know me, know me. Are you, can I grab some air like the girls from Chicago? They're about to know me, know me, right? <laughs> y'all know how y'all get. Like, this, it's, it's like that. And so he's home. And they heard about the miracles. They were anticipating the miracles. They were anticipating what they heard about over there happening over here. Anybody came here today with that anticipation? I know Jesus can heal my marriage, but can you do it right here? I know Jesus can get my kids as acting crazy and won't come back to God yet, but I know you can do it, Lord. Can you do it in here? I know, God, you can give me that job that I've been praying for. At the end of the year coming, Bishop said the latter part of this year, there's going to be a supernatural manifestation of expedited miracles. I know you can do it, but can you do it in here? I celebrate what you did for brother so-and-so, but can you do it in here? Did anybody come here today with that type of anticipation of God doing something in here? Do it up in here. Lord, I want to see the testimony up here. And so he's in his hometown, and he circles through, and they heard about him, and then they did the number one lethal sin in the kingdom of God. They started to compare. They started to minimize what he did. They said, isn't that Joseph's son, though? Isn't that Mary's son? Like, I know his brother in them. I'm making Jesus ghetto. I don't know why. I'm making, I'm, I, isn't that, G and his brothers, I see them all the time. Like, we, are, we hang out all the time. We play golf together. And his sister is chilling with us. I know, man, I know him. And they did a classic mistake. They chose not to esteem highly or value greatly because they were super familiar. 
Can I just tell you, believer, child of God, daughter of God, man of God, can I just tell you one of the poisons of your faith, the toxicities of your faith is for you to treat the presence of God and treat the kingdom of God and treat the people of God as regular people. Regular, we are not. Regular, you are not. Treat your brother next to you like you're just common, like you walk in somebody's presence and you're doing this right here. What's up, dog? As if they're basic, as if they're not a conduit of miracle power, as if God couldn't speak to them to speak a word over your life, as if God can use them to prophesy into your future, as if God can use them to reach down in their pocket, take something out of their pocket and put it in your bank account and change your life. Don't you ever treat people basic. Treat people with high esteem. Jesus, I happen to know this, it doesn't say this in scripture, doesn't say how he felt, but his actions insinuate that he was sad about it. Because again, nobody comes to their home field and not want to do it really big. And so he's there and he can't do much because they were so familiar. I just want to dive into this a little bit with us. You and I are candidates and conduits at the same time. Candidates positioning us to receive. Conduits positioning us to pour or to give. You and I are candidates and conduits at the same time. You have something that I have need of. The reason why you came in this, this church today is because God says he brought you here as he pleased. Yeah, you were invited by somebody. Somebody brought you if you're here for the first time. Somebody took the, the, the phone out and they texted you or whatever and said, hey, come to church. And somebody called you up. And yeah, you were invited here. But the Bible, said, the Bible says, the Lord says, I set you in the body as I please, as I saw fit. To supply to one another. There's something in this room, in this house, and in the church, and in the kingdom that you're supposed, you have the supply within you to help somebody else advance. And the worst thing you and I can do is not see what we think we know about you and sum that up and make that all that what we know about you. Meaning, meaning this, the worst thing I can do is minimize who you are and who you carry. Are you here today? And so Jesus is in this atmosphere and he can't do much because the Bible says that he wanted to do mighty works. Now that word mighty got me stirred up today because God does not want us to come to church to clap, to have a moment, catch the goosebumps and leave unchanged. He actually does want to do mighty works. We read about days of old, and I happen to do a little bit of Old Testament study, but I'm reading about the time where we're in the New Testament of the Bible where these guys showed up in a room and everybody in that room was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's a mighty work. I happen to be reading through the Bible where these guys, I shared it with the team earlier, where these guys, these disciples after Jesus ascended, they're walking around town and they're walking by a shadow and somebody's getting healed on the other side of that shadow. That's a mighty work. I'm reading through the Bible where they, these guys were doing so many mighty works that the disciples in Acts chapter 4, the people around the disciples were like, hey, has the gods come down to hang out with us? That's got to be the work of Zeus. When's the last, somebody, last time somebody confused your efforts and your actions for being godly? When's the last time you walked in a room and God demonstrated his mighty work and power through you? When's the last time you opened your mouth and God's mighty work came through words and transformed an atmosphere? It's not that he doesn't want to. The Bible says he couldn't do many miracles. He couldn't do it because he was limited by, by their lack of belief. And can I just tell you, and didn't say this, but I just want to put this out there. If you don't believe that God is speaking and can do what he said he can do in the book, and you don't trust the person that's talking to you, you need to find a new trust system. 
Because God can use any and everybody. I know we're married to this mindset that this is my person or this is my thing and this is my guy and that's my life coach and this is the person. that No, no, no. God can use anybody if you elevate your mentality and don't bring them down, bring them underneath, right, to your little place of thinking. I want to tell you that atmospheres of honor have to be intentional and they have to be personal. I've never accidentally honored somebody greatly. Have you? I've never accidentally given something of great value because that's what the definition of honor is, to esteem highly and to place, place great value upon. I've never accidentally placed great value on something that I wasn't intentional about. Have you walked past a trash can on the street and threw your life savings in it and be like, oh my gosh, this trash can is so great, it's awesome. No, you don't do that. You know why? Because what you value, you protect. And so if God's called us to value him and value each other and value that which he's given us in every atmosphere, you need to find an atmosphere by which you can place high esteem. And here's why you're doing it. Not just for the sake, because every time I talk about this, people just be like, oh, I honored this person. I complimented that person. I told her she was great. I said I liked her shoes. I said she was good looking. I said this. this. Listen to me. Listen very closely. Lean in for a second. Lean off your seats because you're getting sleepy on me. Lean, lean up. Lean up. Take your back off your seat, please. The instructions you follow will determine your future. Take your back off your seat. Let me tell you something. Fake friends compliment each other. Relax. At ease. Honor is not just... Which leads me to point number two. Honor is just not what you say. Honor is, that, honor is something that comes from the inside. Because if you say something, whoo, I'm getting into a thing. If you say something but you don't change, you are simply manipulating people. Anybody ever, anybody ever misread a situation, said something crazy, offended a couple people, and then walked away from the situation? Don't raise your hand, sit on them if I were you. you somebody sitting beside their spouse right now and be like, I ain't getting involved with you. And then you go to God and you pray about it. Maybe you show up here at 6 a.m. because there's not a ton of people so you can get in your quiet corner and you pray about it and, you, and God corrects your heart. And you're like, oh, thank you God, we're good. And you walk past that person next Sunday or next Tuesday or next Wednesday and you don't say a word to them. You're smiling like, hey, child, and they're still like, oh, what? You just called me in the parking lot. You just kicked my dog. Like, you, honor is not just about what you say. It's about the actions that follow what you just said. We tend to think of things, when you think about honor, you think about, you think about, uh, uh, you know, Blessing and stuff like that. Like, oh, bless you, bless you, bless you. And whenever you start talking about that, you talk about how, you think about how, you know, I want to get a new job if you think about increase, right? Honor leads to increase. So you want to, you think about getting a new job. I'm going to start a new job. You heard the video with Naisa coming into this year. She's like, hey, I got some stuff going on. I got to start a new job. And I'm like, listen, you don't need to start a new job. She's like, yeah, I actually do. I'm like, actually, you don't. What you need to do is get this word of God in your heart. Right? And let it turn your life around because job is going to take you out of the presence where you actually are called to honor God. Not to, saying that you don't, not to say that you don't work, but I just know for her and her specific of her calling and the mentorship and discipleship that God has given my wife and I to speak over her life, right? I know that wasn't her route. So we gave her the book. She got the book. She read the book. She ended up applying the principles from the book, which our bishop wrote, by the way, which is honors in the house. Hello. And then, and then when she applied the principles, 
the, uh, she actually got a promotion on her job, right? She got elevated, got out of debt, and got her life situated, but then she got elevated. So honor always takes you higher. But here's what I'm trying to say. Imagine if I tell Naisa to do something, and I'm being very crass with her. I'm like, read the book. And she goes out and she reads the book. But because of the packaging of honor, that I wasn't honorable to her, she, she takes the information from the book, she takes the contents, but the contents doesn't get on the inside of her because she's being forced to do something. I'm saying all that to say this, you can't force honor. Because they were offended at Jesus for simply being Jesus. He didn't try to do anything yet. He said he couldn't do anything. How many times does your calling, your assignment offend some people, but you still got to honor God because of it? Hello? How many times does God call you to do something to honor him well, and, and you do it, but it offends other people? I remember when I first got saved. I remember when I first received the Lord, I was in a ratchet lifestyle. I was crazy. I was so ratchet. I was the best kind of ratchet, though, because I was ratchet and nobody knew I was ratchet because I still had a frontal situation. I was behind the scenes ratchet. Oh, yeah, y'all looking at me very religious like, oh, my God, I wonder what kind of ratchet was that? The same kind you had. The same kind you had. You know, the same kind you had. And I didn't have Instagram to publicize my ratchetness. So actually yours is worse. Hello? I, there's people in this room that can attest to my righteousness. We're just going to keep that under the blood. Amen. And yours. And yours. But remember, remember when you first got saved? Because this is my story. I was living in a professional career. I was doing things. I was traveling to and from New York City. I was working on, on, on off-Broadway shows, like musicals and stuff like that. I had a great career. But every time I came home, I, I dibbled and dabbled with, with uh, narcotics and all these things. And I was just, you know, selling, not using. Let me just clarify. So selling narcotics, right? I was in the hood. I was, I was selling dope. Let me just keep it real with y'all. I was selling drugs. But I was so good because I was like the prize, prize child of my family. They're like, Lil Maurice, don't ever call me that. My name is Reese to you. But Lil Maurice, yeah, he, nah, nah, that's Pete and Gail's son. They, he's good. Like, he's the good one. The other one's not so good. And so I had this public persona of righteousness and honor. But behind the scenes, it was wretchedness and trash. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How many of us try to dress up honorably, but you're covering up the, righteous, uh, the wretchedness, right? And you think God don't see it. You think you can come around in his presence, lift hands. You know where you need to find yourself? At the altar. Because honor always leads to repentance. We think when we hear the word honor, we think compliments, and we think compliments, and you say, I do that already. But God doesn't want your lip service. He wants your heart. He doesn't want you to look the part. He wants you to be the part. And that's King David understood this, Psalms 51. He says, create in me, O God, a pure heart and a steadfast spirit. Here's a king crying out to God because he understood what it was like to live a life and be dishonored. Be honorable before man, but dishonorable before God. He said, create in me a clean and a pure heart. Can, can, can I read another version of that to you? He says this in the CEV of that, uh, Psalms 51 verse 10. He says, create in me pure thoughts and make me faithful again. Ooh, can I speak on faithfulness for a second? Honorable is not showing up when you feel like it. Being honorable before God is showing up because he called you to do it. And can I just tell you this about your calling? The Lord spoke this to me a couple weeks ago. I was, just, I was stirring about this, trying to figure it out. The Lord says, listen, you only have one calling. 
Reese, you only have one calling. I'm like, no, but I'm called to do this, and I'm called to do that, and I'm called to do this, and I'm doing my fairy call dance. I'm called to do this, I'm called to do that. He says, no, my children only have one calling. You know what that calling is? To be obedient to God. Everything else that people say to you and God says to you is an assignment. Assignments shift, assignments change, but callings never. Your calling is to be obedient to what God said. And so David knew this. He's on the roof as a king. He's walking through. He looks in the window and, oh, snap, turn up, turn up, turn up. He sees this lady who's taking a shower, and he gets into ratchetness. And he's a king. He could have walked around boasting like every other king. This is my kingdom. Everything in it belongs to me, even you. And he created murder. He caused murder to happen. And he took this lady, and he was, he was with her. But then he finds himself in a place where he wanted to honor God more than he wanted the accolades of being a king. Because your earthly kingship, right, or priestly priesthood was not com is incomparable to who God is. You can exalt yourself, and you'll find yourself flat on, flat on your face. At some point. But if you humble yourself, God says, I will exalt you before men. Who do you want to honor today? King David did not have to change. He says, Lord, make me faithful. Make me faithful again. All of us, if we're honest today, if we're honest, and some of us choose not to be, and that's okay. That's between you and God. But if you're honest today, every one of us, no matter how, or how long you've been saved or how long you've been going to church or whatever your position is, you've found yourself operating in unfaithfulness for a second. You know why? Because unfaithfulness is predicated upon when you are able to submit and how long you're going to stay there for. Ooh, I'm getting into something. See, faithfulness, you think faithfulness is, 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 is the sum total of that is because you show up to church. But my question would be, show up to church and do what? Can I tell you about another person that shows up to church every time the doors are open? The enemy. He's faithful. Not only does he come to church, he goes to work. He's at the cubicle next to you, not calling that person. I'm just saying, the spirit. He shows up everywhere you show up. You know why? Because he wants to strip you of the honor that God has called you to live in. Because you represent a part of the glory of God that he could never. You're made in the image and likeness of God. He hates that about you. So he's faithful. But faithfulness, according to scripture, is not a matter if you show up or not. It's how you show up. It's in what mentality you show up. You can show up faithfully and judge everybody in this building. I can preach better than him. She's wrong. That scripture's wrong. I don't know why he's dressed like that. He's too chubby for skinny jeans. I mean, you can show up faithful. You can faithfully hate on people every single way. Faithfully, faithful does not equal fruitfulness. So God's level of faithfulness that honors him is when you bear much fruit, according to John 15. When you bear much fruit, the Bible says, then our Father in heaven is glorified. The word glorify is the same word as the word honor. When you bear fruit in this life. And so your lips can't be lips that are double, I don't know how you say double-minded with lips, but double-lifted. <laughs> double-lifted. And this is why we can't ever fall into just being religious, guys. Religion tells God what to do. Honor tells God, do whatever you want to do. Let me say that again for the people that care to take notes. Religion tells God what to do. God, you need to do this. You need to do it like this. You need to say this. You need to say it like this. You can't say anything else. Honor says, God, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm ready. I'm prepared. But it's, it's your show, God. It's your show, God. I don't know how many people are good with religion in this room, but I'm not. I'm just good with God. I, when I wasn't living for God, I wasn't good with, with religious or things or just, you know, like authority things. I'm just confessing right now. I just, I just wasn't good with it. But now that I'm living for God, I'm good with authority because I realize something. If I'm a person under authority, 
then I get, that means I get to operate in authority. Think it not strange. Let me just snitch on myself for a second. Every time I touch a mic, you know what I say? I say, thank you, Lord, for anointing my life to preach. I know you could have called anybody, but you chose to call me. Lord, let, this, let the same spirit and the same anointing to the, of the man that I'm submitted to fall upon my life in a double portion. I want to minister like my bishop. I want to speak in the spirit like my bishop. I want to operate in the power and authority like my bishop. You know why? Because I'm submitted underneath my bishop. And I'm 43 years old, and I'll just say this boldly. If my wife and I, if our bishop calls us right now and say, hey, pack up your, your kids, leave everything in your house, you're moving to Albuquerque, New Mexico, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to write everybody and tweet everybody when I get there. I'm not asking you and not consulting you with you. You know what that's called? Submission. I can't tell you how many people in the body of Christ are submitted to God, but you want your way and tell God to jump in line. And here's what I'm about to say, and this is going where it's really going to get tight. You cannot be submitted fully to a God that you cannot see when you don't honor the man that God's put in your life that you can see every day. I thought somebody was going to throw something at me. We're living in a culture where honor's not, not, mm, honor's not, Mm, can I say it? Can I say it? Honor's not sexy. Because IG, everything's got to be sexy, right? Birthday cake. Well, ain't no birthday cake sexy. But we're looking at it. Everybody tucking it. No, it's not honor. We're living in a culture where honor's not desirable. That's a better churchy word. But we have to shift that. And the reason why it looks like that outside the walls, and the reason why it looks like that outside in our government, the reason why it looks like that outside in our school system is because it's not happening in the houses of people that go to church. If I raise up honorable kids, let's just do simple math. If Dries and Jenya, parenting Emery, Ezra, and Christopher, right, if we parent our children well and we teach them honor, whoever they touch is going to encounter honor. It's impossible for them to encounter dishonor. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go. When they're older, they shall not depart from it. Didn't mean that they, want to make a, they, go, they weren't going to make an adjustment, but they can't depart. You can't go far. Hook, jaw, honor. And the reason why our world looks like that, that we like to complain about, y'all be on Facebook going hard, hard. Get off Facebook critiquing and criticizing people that are doing things differently and fix it in your house. Fix it in your house. Let's kill the hypocrisy of honor in my house so that when I say a thing, it's, I'm under authority. Some of us, whoo, some of us don't have the power to resist the enemy out there because we've not taken care of the business in here. What am I talking about? James 4 says this. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Anybody want that type of power to just say, stop, devil, and everything stops? We all want it, but if you're not submitted to God, you're not going to get it. I don't have to say much. Did you see, did you ever recant in the scriptures where Jesus is yelling at demons? So why do we feel like we have to do that? You know why we got to yell? Because we're not under enough. If you're under enough, okay, 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 okay. My wife, everybody knows, Pastor Junia, fitness person. Working out. So we started doing this workout in 2020 where I was just home and incarcerated. I was forced to do it. I did it. I was forced. But I was forced to do it. And she's like, babe, come train with me. I'm like, I'm not doing your workout. I'll do a workout, but I'm not doing your workout. I, do, I want to like, have feelings in my fingertips. 
And she don't do that to everybody, just me. I think it's a personal thing. But anyways, we're going to leave that there. So we started watching these videos together, working out in the garage on 2020. You know, everybody was in the house. And so this coach came up, and they were great. It was a husband and wife coach because I just don't want to work out to, like, other stuff. I want to see couples working out with a couple, right? So we're working out, and this coach kept saying these things. He goes, remember why you started as we're in rep, rep 59,000, right? Remember why you started, right? I'm like, I, I don't remember why I'm here. Like, why? Where am I, Lord? And then he said this thing. He goes, we're doing one of these exercises where you got to hold the dumbbell, right? And you're doing it over your head, and it's like a skull crusher or something like that. I don't know the names of these things. I hate working out. Um, so you're putting this dumbbell over your head, and it's going like this. Ah, ah, ah. Hey, um, <laughs> you're putting this dumbbell over your head, and it's going like this. And then he says, hold it. Now, we've done this 58 times. Okay, my arms are bleeding on the inside. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and he said, hold it. This is where you're going to build the muscle. This is where you're going to get stronger. He says, now hold it back behind your head. And he goes, here's how you're going to get stronger. He's talking to me. I'm holding this dumbbell. I'm sweating, guys. It's terrible. Sweat dropping in my eye, everything. Bleeding on the inside. He says, you're going to get stronger with time under tension. You're not stronger because you can lift something once or twice. You're stronger because you keep doing it. You go under tension over time. The reason why the church, whoo, the reason why the body of Christ is not exemplifying the level of faith and miracles and signs and wonders is because we've not been submitted long enough to take time under tension. We go under for a second, get a word from the Lord, you pop out on top like you're to be honored. God says you to do something, you go down for a second, oh, I got that goosebump. Ooh, and you're out of there like it's to, for you to be honored. Let me tell you something. You can submit to the authority of God. You can get underneath the mantle of God. You can have God speak to your life and stay underneath this word. It's easy to honor when the lights are on. It's easy to honor when everybody's around. We have this thing in ministry where we say nobody, everybody lies to the pastor. Nobody tells pastors the truth. Bishop, come in. Hey, how you guys doing? Oh, great, Bishop, fantastic. Life's falling apart. Broke, can't pay your bill, all kind of stuff. But you just lied to the pastor. Why? Because you've esteemed something, but you're not willing to sit up. I tell my pastor everything. Hey, Dad, going through some stuff. I need a minute. He's like, all right, come over to my office. You know why? Because I'm submitted. Now, submitting is easy when you're in front of all these people. Because everybody's going to submit. If I say, hey, everybody's standing on their feet, everybody's going to stand up. But what happens when it's me and you? What happens when it's you and I? And I say, hey, man, 5 a.m., meet me at the beach. We're going to read the word together and just pray and worship. Five, five, five. Me and you only? Like nobody else ain't coming? F 5 a.m.? Like one, two, three, four, five a.m.? I don't know. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a text about 8.30. My bad, bro. I overslept. <laughs> and I don't want to call you rebellious. I'm just going to say you're not submitted enough. I just want to minister to somebody in this room right now. The disrespect and the levels that you are living at in your life is because you've not submitted long enough. You go periodically, ooh, this is tight in here, I feel it, I'm going to step back. You go periodically, you punch in occasionally, but you're not staying under long enough. The reason why my life looked the way it looked for a season is because I wasn't under long enough. When you're under, that means you get to get over stuff. Woo. When you're underneath, when, you, when somebody can check you on your attitude and tell you that you're being stank, and you can take that correction and redirect your life, you can get over your attitude. When somebody can take your mentality and be like, hey, listen, man, I ain't trying to come for you, but your thinking is wrong. Let's just look at it like this way. The Word of God says this. Guess what happens? Your mind gets transformed and renewed over a period of time. Only if you stay under. 
Only if you stay under. People don't like this because if one thing that culture has taught us is like, I'm my own man. I do whatever I want to. I ain't got to listen to nobody. If you ain't the same color skin as me, you don't tell me what to do. You can't identify where I've been. You don't know how I... Really? It sounds like them telling Jesus who he was as opposed to listening to what Jesus wanted to do in their life. I know this is not easy, but honor is never easy. It's going to cost you something. Tell somebody next to you, it's worth it though. It's worth it though. Not only are we to honor him with our lips, and I got I to gotta put this one out there, so I don't have time to read this, and I really got to start closing here. But in Numbers chapter 12, we see Moses, the servant of Moses. The servant Moses having a great encounter with God, getting instructions from God. But then Moses got a problem in his ranking. His brother and his sister start talking. They're like, is Moses the only person to hear from God? Because I know I got a revelation too. I'm anointed too. I can preach too. I pray too. Is he the only one that can preach? And the, the Bible says this, and I love this particular verse. Moses chapter 12, verse 2, read it when you get home. And they said, has the Lord even spoken to Moses? Like, is he really even called to do this? Oh, my goodness. Is he even really called to do this? And the Bible says something unique. The Lord heard them talking about his man. The Lord heard them talking about his man. They didn't say that they said it to Moses. They said it about Moses. So that tells me one thing. Honor is not just what you say to the person. It's what you say when the person's not there. The Lord heard this, and he says, check this out. The Lord says, uh, Moses, tell your brother and your sister to meet me at the entranceway of the tents. In other words, in my language, meet me outside. When God tells you to meet him outside, it's going to be a problem. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all looking real sophisticated like y'all don't know what that means. You ever been in a place and be like, you know what, I've had enough of your mouth, buddy. Meet me outside. What are y'all going? Y'all going outside to thumb wrestle? No, y'all going outside to fade. You're going outside to fight. So when God tells Moses, I need you to have your brother and your sister, y'all meet me outside. And then he brought them a little farther. He says, brother and sister, come here. And he, and he rebuked them. Here's what I'm trying to say. Your lips can't just honor when it's easy to honor. Your lips can't just honor when other leadership is around. Your lips can't honor when you, you can't be like, oh, I'm just praying for the president. And when you get to your work tomorrow, everybody talking about the president. You're like, yeah, yeah, he's this, he's that. No, no, no. That, God hears dishonor. And dishonor, he can never advance you. You've never seen one person in scripture that was dishonoring God and got the promotion anyways. You've never seen one person in scripture that, wasn't, that was dishonorable to God and got advanced anyways. You've never seen people talk about, when people in scripture are being talked about in a way of dishonor, it's quick. They're out of there. Do you want to be known? The Bible says this of Abraham. He says, I will make your name great. Why will he make Abraham's name great? Because God, because Abraham was intentional about making God's name great. You want to be honored? Honor God. You want to be honor, honor those of God. You want to be honor, honor who God put in your life. This is how you advance in life. This is how you win. This is how you have success. Are you all hearing me today? I know it's tight. Are you good? Still love me? All right, cool. I'll be back some other time, maybe. You got to remain submitted. The Bible talks about your tongue, smallest part of the body, but the most powerful. I remember one time, and this is just a confession, musicians, you guys can come. I remember one time that I went, as a young youth pastor, you know what I mean, I'm about six, seven years in, I think I've arrived. I'm studying, got revelation, 
people giving me good amens, not the fake ones, not the ones that, that are cheap. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. And so I'm learning something about the Bible, and I'm, I'm a, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going. People are just like, oh, man, Pastor Reese is smart. I'm believing it. My head getting swollen. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just confessing. Your time is coming. Don't worry about it. And so I go to Bishop one day, and I think that I'm, you know, I've discovered some deep, found revelation. And I go, Bishop, i got to ask you a question. He goes, yep. Coming out of a Wednesday night service, I'll never forget, he was preaching at the old property, coming into his car. I said, Dad, Dad, i got to ask you a question. He goes, yeah. I said, Dad, who is Melchizedek? I'm thinking, I got him. I got him. I never heard him mention the name, so I got him. And I went up, and I'm in all pride, y'all. Dad, who is Melchizedek? He goes, oh, you mean the Most High God, the one that, that, that was in the image and likeness of Jesus, who had no parents, who had no beginning, no end? Huh? Say that by, run that by me again? And he says, oh, no, in Genesis 14, Abraham paid tithe to him, and, and he went into it deep. And I'm over here like, I found myself immediately... I'm sorry, Lord. I, and my pride bubble was burst. And some would say, that's a good thing. Maybe you're studying the Bible. But I allowed what I was getting, the information, to transform me on the inside and not in a good way. Because I thought I arrived as a young pastor. Let me tell you something. When God puts you in a place of authority that you don't want, there's always a place where you get to a place where you, where you want it more. And God says, let me, let me remind you why I called you. Because remember, it wasn't about you, it was about me. And in that moment, I became so humble. I literally cried and asked him for forgiveness. And I don't cry a lot. My wife will tell you. I thought my tear ducts were broken for years, but they work. And I cried because I realized in that moment I was trying to become something that God never ordained me to be. I was just trying to be great. God says, I don't want you to try to be great. I want you to make my name great, and I'll make sure that you're remembered as somebody who did something great. You want to advance in this life? Learn to honor like God honors. You want to go farther in this life? Learn to submit where God called you to submit. You want to, you want to win in this life? Try getting underneath somebody else or alongside somebody else and making sure that they're, they're winning, making sure that they're good. My whole life's mandate now. I know I can, but just because I can doesn't mean I should. I just want to do what God's called me to do. And that should be your cry. That should be everybody who said yes to Jesus' cry. I don't, want, I don't care to be anything except for who God called me to be something. I just want to be used by God because uh, not only do we have to have an atmosphere of honor, we have to have lips of honor, which will create the atmosphere. Also, you got to have a heart of honor. When your heart is messed up, church, it doesn't matter how you look on the outside. When your heart is messed up, remember Samuel came, the, the prophet came to Samuel's house. He said, listen, I'm, listen, I'm looking for the next king. He brought out, he paraded all the good-looking brothers before the prophet. Clearly, it's got to be this one. He got all his teeth. He got muscles. He's amazing. This one right here is a football star. This one right here is an academic scholar. I mean, he brought out all these guys. The prophet looked and he goes, mm, not it. There's got to be somebody else. He goes, well, I got this one other fellow over here on the backside of the desert. He brought, brought David into the room. When he brought David into the room, the, the anointing. The honor that was in the prophet recognized who David was. He says, this is our man. Let's anoint him right now as king. Well, he wasn't trying to be it. He just was being faithful with the honor that he had for his God. If you want to do something great in life, you got to get the right heart. The Bible says that Daniel, who was placed underneath a crazy lunatic of a king in Babylon, placed there because God can trust him with the dirty places because his heart was clean. 
The Bible says that Daniel served up under a king and he purposed in his heart. He purposed in his heart. He purposed. He was intentional about what he would and would not do for God, even though he was serving underneath the authority of a king. The Bible says he purposed in his heart that he would not partake of the king's delicacies. See, it's about your heart at the end of the day. Again, I'll say it again. Anybody can honor when the lights are on. Anybody can be like, oh, Bishop, Pastor Kathy, Pastor Sean, Pastor Aaron, Minister Heather, when the lights are on. But what are you saying at your conversations? Oh, my boss is the best at your round table. What are you saying when you go to lunch with another coworker? I can't stand him. He's terrible. I'm way more uh, qualified to run this company. Is that honor? And the reason why you don't have the advancement in the area that you should be advancing is because you weren't faithful with the honor on that other level. And if we're being honest, I've had to apologize to my sons. I've had to apologize to my wife over the years where I got going on these tangents thinking I was doing what was best and I was neglecting what God called me to. We all mean well. I don't believe that you're being malicious by dishonor, but God can't advance you. He cannot promote dishonor. We're in a position where we get to honor what God honors. We get to honor God by honoring what God honors. Over the next week, next week actually, next Sunday, we're going to honor our senior pastors. We're going to honor Bishop and Pastor Kathy. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be legendary. It has supernatural significance, which I'm not at liberty to go into. But next week, Sunday, we're going to honor our pastors. It's going to be phenomenal. Let me tell you something. It's going to be powerful. There's going to be a word of God that's released and anointed in this room. Over those who have a hear, ear to hear. If you don't, it's fine. Come to church. Be amazed. Have a good time. But if you come intentionally prepared to honor, it's going to not only bless their life, but it's going to set you up for a future that God is honored with. And I don't want to be in any atmosphere that God can't get the glory. I was getting an opportunity a little while ago to do some stuff. And I, I was toiled in my spirit because you guys know I do production and all that stuff outside of ministry as well. But I don't, I'm not going any place and doing anything with anybody that I can't bring the honor of who I carry, the Lord Jesus Christ, in that atmosphere. If Jesus ain't welcome, neither is Reese. And I gracefully declined this op opportunity to do something that would have literally transitioned my family and put us in a different position altogether, blessing. But would it have been a blessing, though, if I can't be who God called me to be? And so here's the deal. Honor is always costly, and it's always a sacrifice attached to your place of honor. It's not easy to stay put. It's not easy to stay grounded. It's not easy to stay submitted. But it actually is not impossible because when you do it, God will always show up and he'll always remind you the why you started, why he called you, why he saved you, why he anointed you, why did he bless your life because he wants to use you for his glory and for our benefit. I said it before, I'll say it again. What glory is to heaven, honor is to earth. And we as a church can be a better people. We as a community, we as the body of Christ can have more validity, more, more say-so, more authority. When we pray, things will move if we honor up and honor out instead of honoring self first. And I know it's not easy to hear sometimes, and this is not a rebuke or correction. It's a matter of saying, church, I know that there's more in the tank that God wants to do through us. I don't want to pray empty prayers. 
When I pray for somebody, whether it's at Starbucks or it's at the, the, the White House, I want to see the mighty works that Jesus couldn't do in, in, in Matthew 13. I want to see those works manifested. I don't want to pray and leave things to change. I don't want to sing a song and God not be glorified and something transitions in my life. Because when God blesses you, something happens and it should always lead you back to full repentance. The Bible says when Peter was on the boat and Jesus pushed out, he, you know, when Jesus said, let's go out for a catch, he pushed out on the boat and he had this miracle catch. He had the most biggest amount of fish that he ever caught in his whole life. He didn't go and start rejoicing with all his buddies. You know what Peter did? He fell on his face. He said, my Lord and my God, I'm a sinful man. Go away from me. When God blesses you because you honored him, it'll cause you to find yourself in the place of repentance. You can't live in, in, in Weirdville anymore when God's clearly showing you his favor. You can't live in a place of mediocrity anymore and, and hanging out on the backsides of the desert. You got to live in a place centered by the grace of God. Centered by the grace of God. Only wanting to do the will of God. There's people in our church that have been here for a number of years and you've, man, you've served faithfully. You've been incredible. And in this season, you've been transitioning mentally, spiritually, I don't know if I fit. I don't know if I have a place here. If God's not moved you, listen to me, if God's not called you to do something different, you have the same obligation to stay faithful to what God's called you to do. I don't know how to do it. You're the best position to do what God's called you to do. Last time I checked throughout the scripture, everybody he called didn't know how to do it. The instructions came by the spirit of God. The instructions came by the obedience to the word of God spoken into your life. The instructions come. See, you can't use that excuse anymore like, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do anything I do. But I'm willing to do it because I'm honoring God with my life. And the greatest thing you can do to honor the Lord, and I want to speak to everybody in this room today, is to say yes to Jesus. And perhaps you're here today, maybe this is your first time, or maybe you come here every single week, maybe it's your second time. And you're saying, man, something that you're saying today just feels different in me. Maybe I'm not saying it with this microphone and you're not hearing it through your natural ears. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying to you, today there's a step of faith that's necessary for your life for you to take so that you can honor me better and you can live the life that I'm honored with. And that only comes through placing your faith in Jesus Christ. That only comes to saying yes to Jesus. Not yes to religion. Not yes to church. But yes to Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus is the only one that can heal. He's the only one that can save. He's the only one that can set you free. He's the only one that can redeem a life of brokenness and failure and turn it into a life of faithfulness and fruitfulness. He's the only one. So everything we've said today is to get you to one place. Say yes to Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you.